Hello, welcome back to the latest episode of Shrews Views here at the Shropshire Star. Your number one, are we number one Shrewsby podcast? I'm not too sure. There's not too many on the market, is there? Maybe number one Shrewsby Town podcast. I'm alongside Mr. Ollie Westbury, fresh from bringing his head out of the sick bucket. He was he was ruled out of the trip to Brisbane Road on Saturday. Um, he's probably glad he didn't go, given what happened with Shrewsbury. But Ollie, oh, you're looking uh, you're looking a lot better than you sounded. On Saturday morning, how are we, mate? Fighting fit? I'm okay. You're making me wear this bloody headset, and I look like an absolute clown in the video. But other than that, I'm okay. It's I, all right. I won't clip it up. Don't worry. This yeah, well, I was going to say, it. if I've got to wear this headset on these podcasts from now on, then the, the the clips are going. The clips are past tense. But I'm all right, mate. I was um, I was really poorly. So was my girlfriend. Uh, so were quite a lot of people. Um, actually, that were at the wedding that we were at on Thursday. Um, and yeah, we were quite quite unwell. I don't know whether it was food poisoning or we caught a virus, but you know, I didn't eat all weekend, and and it was. I'm not gonna. I mean, I sent you a message, didn't I, saying if Shrewsbury can <laughs> score as many goals as me and my partner have had uh, episodes of sickness in the last 12 hours, then their goal woes will surely be behind them. As it happened, they didn't. Yeah. There you go. Would uh, yeah, it would certainly be a goal fest. But right, we've got plenty to talk about anyway. Well, we haven't got plenty of goals to talk about, but we've got plenty of various different points to talk about. Salah, we're hoping to end a run of God knows how many games without a goal at Brisbane Road on Saturday. They didn't do that. Um, all we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some stuff in between. Look ahead to Charlton. We've got a question or two that have come in as well. Uh, we've both caught up on the uh, the Orient game. Contrary to what has happened in previous weeks, where Shrewsbury have struggled to create in certain times, it sounded like they created enough on Saturday. Uh, I think Matt Taylor said he was devastated. Just a different, well, different, maybe a different story, but the same outcome by the sound of things. Yeah, I've just been, I'm in the office today, um, and I've just been talking to the legend that is Mr. Derek Bish, who very kindly uh, stepped Bish. in for me. Big shout He's out all right, should that. He's from downside. He's from downside. So, yeah. so he 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 stepped in for me on Saturday, of course, to do um, to fill in in my in my shoes. Um, and I was just chatting to him about the game, and uh, and he wasn't particularly. He says if you took the game in isolation, you'd think that Shrewsbury were unlucky. Um, so, I mean, it's hard without having watched the whole ninety minutes back. Obviously, I've watched the highlights about four or five times to kind of have a look at the chances. I thought. Their goal was very fortuitous, you know, the way that it came uh, to the to, to the lad who who put it in the net, um, you know, off a deflection. I think it was off Winchester. I think um, how it got to him. Obviously, he finished finished well behind Morosi. You know, Town had chances. Probably the the one on one that Matter had was perhaps the only clear cut chance that you would probably really really expect them to score i thought the one that he had in the goalmouth scramble on the line i thought there were a lot of people in between him and the goal um that he had to try and get the ball beyond in order to turn it goalwards i mean dunkley's header initially was a goal you know he headed it straight at the goalkeeper and he dropped it really didn't he i mean it wasn't a good save he just headed it straight at him and he spilt it and you know matter probably had to beat i think it was the goalkeeper and two guys on the line and from a narrow angle and he, he just couldn't quite divert it beyond them so they were the two main chances there are a few other sites at goal and you know from what i gather you know the the build-up play was okay it's it's just not good it's just not going through his way at the moment is it 
Um, so one of those things, um, excuse me, <laughs> got a bit of a cold. No, I'm not being sick. I, I recovered on Sunday, and I've got a bit of a cold now, which is uh, which I now can't shake. Sick? Um, no, you are. Sick yeah, no, sick. No, group. that's what I am. Uh, I'm back in work though. I was back in work yesterday, so um, yeah. So I mean, it's a real shame. You just feel like I mean, I know that Bish wrote in his in his final word piece for, for Monday. You know that that Shrewsbury just need the ball to go in off the back of the referee, the referee's arse. They need it to go in off anything at the moment. Mm. So anything that'll give them that goal, that'll just give them that confidence and that bit of belief that, you know, they can, they can, you know, compete, they can do it. Like, I I do believe that they have better players. The players that they have there are, are better than what they are giving at the moment. Not what they're giving, because that suggests that they're, they're completely awful, but they're better than, you know, the points return that they're getting, um, you know. Um, but we, we get into a point now where, you know, the, the fans are becoming more restless and, you know, they've got, they've got to start. They've got to start scoring and they've got to get some results. I mean, it's a massive game against Charlton. It's a massive game this weekend. You know, I thought the game, I'd, I've never thought that a, an EFL trophy game was a big game, but the, the game against um, Brighton under-21s last week was a massive game just simply because they just could not afford to lose that game. And, you know, it's it, it's it, they need they need some form of positive result. I mean, you'd absolutely snap your hands off for a couple of goals, but they they need they need something on Saturday at the Meadow. They really do. Yeah, no, it's um, we'll we'll look ahead to that one towards the the end of the episode. Just in terms of you know, with all this, or in terms of you know pressure and you know, I went to interview Matt Taylor last week. And, he talked a lot. It surprised me, really. He talked a lot about pressure. and Not in terms of pressure from the board or pressure from the fans, but in terms of pressure on the forwards and, and converting chances. But in terms of pressure on him, do you feel it sort of notching a little bit from the crowd every time? Not only they fail to win, but fail to score. Yeah, I think so. I think the pressure is starting to really grow, isn't it? Um, you know... There's a part of me that feels quite sorry for Mickey Moore and Matt Taylor because I think they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't really on the back of, you know, a very successful season last year. Lots of things left unexplained um, about why what happened in the summer happened and they're coming in on the back of it, you know, probably not quite got the finances available. Um, so, yeah. It's one of those things, really, where um, Shrewsbury are, you know, in the position that they're in, and 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 it's it's really difficult. It's really difficult, and and I feel, and I, and I do feel a bit sorry for them because I feel like it's hot. Are they going to match the finish of last season, the 12th place finish? Because I imagine that's what the Shrewsbury fans expect, don't they? You know, they've they've had their their hopes. You know, they've they've been a side that's probably finished 17th or 18th in, in League One for quite a long time. Um, last season they finished 12th, and and I suppose they were hoping that their club were going to build on that, and that's that doesn't appear like something that 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 now the conversations appear to be, and the noises that you kind of get coming out from the club is that you know if we manage to stay in League One this year, then that's a success. Well, that's regression, really, isn't it? Based on 
where but that's where the club is at the moment that's where it is and you know there's nothing they can do about it but it does feel like the probably the expectations are higher and and they're, they're not living up to those expectations the pl- the players and the coaching staff at the moment are you know, are struggling to find to find the results and eke out the best results that they can to make Shrewsbury Town a, a successful team, which is it's all everybody wants. You know, I mean, I think the fans accept that Town are gonna are gonna lose from time to time. Um, but you know, since the opening, since since that start of the season, it, it's been it's been a really difficult it's been a really difficult spell, hasn't it? You know, September has been one heck of a month. You know, Dan Udo scored against Fleetwood on the 26th of August, I believe it was. And even that goal then, that day was a goal that he literally scored by his own, by himself, where he ran the whole length of the pitch. And, you know, goals have been at a premium for quite a while. Chances have been at a premium. If you look at the stats, they're perhaps not pretty at times either with the chances created and the XG created. So it's more the concerning signs, I suppose, at the moment. <laughs> Pardon yeah. me. It's um, is that what you think? Do you think the fan base expects twelfth, you know, eleventh, twelfth again, or you know, is there some part of it that you know that are realistic of the off-field, you know, the the situation, not not situation on the field, but sort of where Salah are in a financial pecking order, you know, some see last season as an overachievement, or do you th- is that what you think that the fans expect a repeat of last season? I'm not sure whether it's a repeat of last season, but I think last season they showed progression, and that and for 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 whatever reason, I suppose the fans feel that okay, the old manager's gone, um, the old CEO's gone, and now they've got a new man in charge in Mickey Moore and a new management and a new new head coach and a new model, and it's not working. And it's like, well, something that was working is now gone, and I suppose. If that was your football club, you might struggle to get your head around that. Um, so, you know, the reasons for it, you know, are are difficult to report, um, and are there are reasons for it, um, and you know, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that it, it becomes into really murky territory. But I think that's from chatting to fans and from speaking to people. That that I think is where the frustration really comes from. Um, I feel as though, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's where the frustration, that, that's where I feel the frustration comes from. It's perhaps not the expectation to finish 12th. It's that, you know, you know, as a football fan, when you, when you, when you have a good season, you want to build on it. And, and Shrewsbury, because the reasons haven't perhaps been explained as well as they could have been, nobody really knows why there's been so much change. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, and I think that's, that's the problem. Is that no one, no one can work, no one can can really work it out. Um, yeah, and and, and it's, it's 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 a really difficult situation to be honest, Johnny. It's yeah. it's it's hard. It's very hard to report on. It's it's murky territory. It's you know, obviously we see statements last week about an overspend and things like that, and we get into you know the, diff, the the two sides to the argument and stuff and you know the fact that Roland Witchley's getting an awful lot of grief from the fans which on the flip side of it Mickey Moore explaining that statement didn't he that I know we talked about this a lot last week but the, the playing budget am I right in saying he said the playing budget's the same this year as it was last year yeah allegedly which 
regardless of what he's saying, overspend, yeah, whatever that is. We don't know what that is. The plain budget. The pl- he, what he's saying it. What he's saying is the plain budget that was set is the same budget that was set last year. Now, from what I'm led to believe, that doesn't mean that that budget that was set was stuck to. Stuck. Right. Okay. There we go. I, that makes my point. I'm not going to say it all because that makes what I was going to say completely invalid. Um, yeah. That's what the yeah. overspend is. Yeah. That's you, what the you, overspend that's talked about. It's, yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned. You know, it's a, it's really interesting. You mentioned that. I just want to come on to before we just take a couple of questions. I just want to talk about um, Tom Bayless. I've seen a few fans stating, you know, he's been left out of certain lineups. And for me, when I saw a lot of Shrewsbury last season, I probably saw 10 to 15 games of Shrewsbury last season. I really, really liked Tom Bayless. Um, he was in the same ballpark as Harry Chapman when he came in on loan under Steve Cottrell, right at the start of Cottrell's reign. But he's found himself out of the side of it. And for me, from the outside looking in, it doesn't then doesn't surprise me that they're struggling to create because of how much of a creative player Bayless is. What have you made of that, in terms of him being, you know, finding himself out of the team? Yeah, Bayless hasn't hasn't had had the best start to the season. What I'd say is, I think he started the season last year under Steve Cottrell, and then rather soon into the season, found himself out of the team. So, I don't look at it and think... It's not a unique situation. No, no, no. I think he's a confidence player and a form player. And I watched him quite closely against Forest Green last week. And, you know, Bayliss is a lot. You can see how much he's trying and how much he wants to try and make an impact. It's just not quite happening for him at the moment. And I think that's the job of Matt Taylor, isn't it? You know, I don't want to keep going back to Steve Cottrell, but he managed to get the best out of people. He managed to get the best out of his players, and that is the job of the head coach. He's got tools at his disposal that him and Mickey Moore have built up together, who Mickey Moore says Matt Taylor is the man who has the final say. And his job now as a head coach is not to worry about all the off-field stuff, is to worry about working with the players day in, day out, and trying to make them better and to make them a more cohesive team. So that's what he's got to go and do. You know, Tom Bayliss finds himself not playing as well as he can do, and as well as we know, as people who've watched Shrewsbury, how well he can play. And now he's got to go. He's got to prove himself. But some, but it's up to Taylor and the coaching staff at the club to try to try and get the best out of him and to find whether it's a change in position, whether it's how they manage him, whether it's giving him confidence, whether it's taking him out of the firing line. Maybe I don't know. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you can manage a player, isn't there? To try and to try and get the best out of him, and, and that's that's what his job is, and that's what he's paid to do, and that's what that's what's expected of him. Yeah. Uh, we need to uh, need to see some creativity and some goals and quick. Just, I know that was my final point, but I have got one more written down. How much of the injuries to Shipley and Nurse here, you know, cause them to lack a bit of balance? I know, you know, Winchester plays a wing back, but he, he's more effective maybe as a central midfielder. Um, how much of them injuries sort of hurt? You know, I, I know Shipley and Nurse aren't players you associate with, you know. Yeah, your goals, maybe assists, but not goal. Um, but how, how much has that impacted what Matt Taylor's tried to do in his opening few weeks? Um, read my piece that's going to go out tomorrow evening in the Shropshire Star, and that'll tell you how much I believe, <clears throat> perhaps not Nurse so much, because I haven't really seen George Nurse play all that much in my time as Shrewsbury Town reporter because obviously he did his ACL in September last year um, and but the impact of Jordan Shipley as an attacking left wing back 
I feel is a position that we are missing him greatly. Um, there's some statistics that back that up. Um, he was, I, 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 you know, he had 12 goal involvements last season. Seven assists, five goals. Yeah. You know, for a left wing back, that's Jeez. that's a lot. And when you look back at this season, he's already got an assist. It was vital in the goal that they scored against Cheltenham on the opening day of the season. He was the person that put the ball into the box that the defender headed to the goalkeeper and palmed it out for Bowman to knock in. And I also think that link up with, with Tom Bayliss, you know, it's all stuff that I'm going to write about, but Bayliss and Shipley, good friends, known each other a long time, friends from Coventry, live in the same area, carpool together to training every day, link up so nicely on that left-hand side, the way Bayliss drifts it drifts out there, Shipley overlaps, the two of them are very silky footballers and they formed a, quite a relationship on the, that side of the pitch. And, you know, I would say that that is the area at the moment that you look at Shrewsbury and think they're not playing... They're, Probably the wing backs are, are they not playing high enough? But are, are they not having a, enough of an impact on the game? Um, and that's something I'm going to write about. There's a few statistics in there. Um, and, and my opinion is that actually, you know, footballers are quite often, you quite often don't realise the value of a player that you have until they're no longer in the side. And that is the way that I would assess the Jordan Shipley situation at the moment. I think they're missing him massively. Um, Perhaps his strength wasn't necessarily always defending, but um, you know I think I think Shipley is is an outstanding League One footballer and a serious threat. He's got some serious quality on that left foot, puts balls in, and he brings the best out of other players. Got a goal in him, um, and I think they're really missing him, and they need him back. Yeah. They need him back soon. It, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's it's interesting that obviously they brought in a, a left wing back to cover the fact that he was injured, and I, I expected uh, Brandon Fleming to be kind of get the nod as the first choice. But it's interesting that Mal Benin is the man who's who's kind of got the nod in that position um, so far this season. Um, yeah, yeah I, I thought I thought that Fleming would have been the man, but that, that doesn't whether he's still building up his fitness or not, because you know he's played a lot of Championship football. Benning has, uh, sorry, um, Fleming has. So I I thought that he would he would be the man to to kind of to get the to get the nod at left wing back, but but apparently not. Yeah, given the fact that they, they scrambled to get him in on, on deadline day. Yeah, so I kind of feel to... like well, but you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Right, time for a quick advert. Shout out to our sponsors, the Kettle and Toaster Man. Sponsor all our podcasts here at MA Media, Express the Star, and Shropshire Star. So thank you very much for your continued support. Right, Holly Westbury, we've got a couple of burning questions for some eager salad fans that we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about. Oh, just a shout out for Max Matter being selected for, as we found out a few hours ago, selected for New Zealand, who played DR Congo on the 13th. Of October and Australia. It's not that ideal that. Do you, class that do you class that as a local derby? Australia, New Zealand. Got to be a local derby, isn't it? Even though they're miles back. Three hour flight. Yeah, three hour flight, local derby. Uh, 17th of October, that's actually in London. If any Silent fans want to go along and support uh, Max Matter. But yeah, like Ford likes to miss Cambridge for the Shrews on the 14th of October. So a blow to Salop's. Uh, Already pretty dry for well, yeah, because I, I would imagine that Noan Kenner is going to get called up to to play for his national side as well. So yeah, I think they I think that he's they're playing Morocco, so there's a good chance they're going to be without the pair for that game at Cambridge away. Um, 
not ideal, really, is it? You just you could do with in the situation that they're in. You could do with having your best players available to you. So, you know, it's a bit of a shame for Tatum, to be honest. Um, yeah. Good for them that they're playing international football, but you know, missing too too important. I mean, they're not two under 18s players that are playing for an under 21s team. They're two starters, aren't they? Yeah. Um, two players that feature a lot. So, you know, it's not ideal. No, not ideal indeed. Right, time for a few. Sorry about that. I'm not getting bored of you, Ollie. I'm just a little bit tired. They have that effect on people. It's Tuesday morning. It's like a Monday for me. I was off yesterday. So, Um, Paul Hewitt has got in touch. STFC Hewitt. Thank you very much for your question. Just a point I want to make that it's very easy to blame the strikers for a lack of goals. Uh, Don't get me wrong. They are culpable, but witnessed again at Orient that we really struggle, particularly away from home in creative chances. Um, I mentioned Bayless there and that creativity and, and, and him not appearing. Is there anyone else all that you've seen on the fringes that you feel that maybe should be getting a nod further up the field for Salop? You could maybe make a difference or is it no. again, <laughs> lack of options? Not really, no. I was. I, I hoped that Kieran Phillips would have made more of an impact than what he has done so far. Um, perhaps he's still building up to full strength, but from what I gather on Saturday, he he didn't he 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 barely got involved when he came on, which is um, a real shame. Um, is there anyone? No, I mean the fact of the matter is they're not creating that many chances. I mean I've been doing some research today and going back through games and overlooking at stats and I looked at took a look at Dan Udo. Obviously he's only scored the one goal. I mean Shrewsbury only scored four goals, so you know. But I took a look at Dan Udo. And I thought to myself, right, from the games that I've been at, obviously I've missed a few for annual leave and weddings and so and whatnot, but, and I'll be at the rest now for the rest of the year. But I look at the games that I've been to and I look at Dan Udo and I just think, what, what chance have you had to score? You know, there are a couple of half chances against Bristol Rovers that maybe he could have, he could have got. I mean, the goal he scored against Fleetwood was, you know, where he picks it up, where he picks it up. I mean, you know, there's nothing to say he's guaranteed to score at that stage. So I look at him and think, well, you know, and how many chances has he had to actually score? You know, the way you'd... Ex- I think uh, the clear-cut chances, for me, is a chance that when you walk away from it saying, how has he not scored that? What, how, what was your opinion on that, Johnny? Yes, this brings me to something that I was going to bring up earlier, and the fact that I hate expected goals. Hate XG the way that these statistics define like an expected goal. You can't have an ex- can't have an expected goal. I don't. I I personally don't. And I, this is not me. You know, football's built on stats. And this, I, I've got personally, I've got friends. I've got friends who work for Premier League clubs as analysts, and they do fantastic work. But XG is something that's just like real. It really baffles me. Really oh, baffles oh, oh, it, me. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, it doesn't baffle me. I like it. I don't because I just think it skews. I, it's, I see it as a pointless statistic myself. Like, you can have, oh, our XG is really high, but we're not scoring. You know, Salabs is really low, so it doesn't really matter. Our XG is high, not scoring. How can we read into that? You read into that, your strikers aren't good enough. That's the only thing you can take from it. And I yeah, just, but I, th- I think that's, I think that, that, I think what, what it, what it can be used as is a tool to, 
you know, I'm not saying that it's necessarily the holy grail and the most important thing ever, but it can be used as a tool, just like you say, you know, we're creating, if you're, you've got an XG of three, three against, you know, an XG of one side should have won three nil uh, against, and the game finished nil nil, then it's telling you that you can't finish. Whereas in Shrews's instance, you know, that they don't look like scoring and their XGs suggest that they don't look like scoring. I, I don't know, it kind of, it kind of gives you an indicator of the quality of chances that you're creating. And I don't think it should be used to, you know, to, it, do, it doesn't matter that much. I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world. I think it but just, I, I do think it's interesting. I find it interesting. Yeah, I think it just states the obvious, personally, uh, sometimes as well, like the fact that yeah. shoes aren't creating chances, their XG's low. Yeah, of course it is, because they're not creating chances. There's yeah. much more to read into it. But yeah, I, what you it's were interesting. saying... It's interesting. Uh, just while you're saying, I'll get up their XG from Saturday, because you know lots of people said that that, that, that town had some really good opportunities on Saturday and I, and I looked at them and I thought to myself oh I thought they were okay but from actually from the reports that I read because I was I was ill and I was sat on the sofa and I was mong, I was monging out and 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 I was watching I was watching the um the streams and I was seeing the tweets and seeing what 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 Bish was doing and and all that stuff and I thought to myself all right, then I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have a look, and I thought, well, I've looked at that, and I think, well, it looks like we've we've played played really well, created some really really good chances, um, and 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 missed them, and and you know, Leighton Orient, according to expected goals, you know, still should have won the game. What's the other one? What's the other? What do you there's mean? A, there's another stat which is even more, I think, outrageous than XG. Oh, what the? What do they say now? Pre-pre-assist. Have you ever heard that one? Christ, no, that I haven't heard that. So a pre-pre-assist or a pre-assist? I don't know. Pre-assist sounds like a car. Like a so any, so anyway, expected goals for for the game on Saturday suggests that um, Leighton Orient zero point nine four and Shrewsbury zero point six one. We did have twelve shot, twelve twelve attempts, five on target, but. Not a, you know, I saw like um, the Ryan Bowman header and, and, and things in the second half. And I thought, you know, you're going to do well to score a header from the penalty spot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> unless, you, you, well, I just, it's rare that you see people. Yeah, I'd like to see the variables. I'd like to see the variables behind it because for me, actually, it should vary on the vary on the quality of the, of, of the person who's had the chance as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, say, say you've got, I don't know, Shay Dunkley has gone tearing up the field and he's one-on-one with the goalkeeper. He's more likely to miss than Dan Udo. Yeah. So how does that what, 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 what is interesting here is that it sounds as though that Shrewsbury had a really good first half again, played well in the first half. But unfortunately, from what it looks like here, the second half, they were they were pretty much... Um, yeah, well, as they were... As know, has been... Has has, has been, been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in wanna... terms of their expected goals and yeah. stuff, anyway. Yeah. Don't get me started on expected goals again. I might be even angrier next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I was saying there, pre pre assist. I've seen players, you know, you see these players part tweets after the game. It says like goal tick, assist tick. I've saw a few saying pre assist. Like what? What can you call what? Who's done that? You got to call oh, them I out. Know. I know. Yeah, I saw it a while back. To be fair, and I've seen other people calling it out. Um, yeah, some mad stats around these days. XG's not as bad as that, but 
Yeah. No, I don't, like I say, I, I don't, I don't mind it too much. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's the whole, like, like I say, I don't think it's the holy grail, but I think it's a useful indicator to, to, to judge the quality of the chances that you're having. I do, yeah. I do think that. Yeah, interesting debate. Um, other question, Michael Pugh. Uh, has the feel-good factor around the club been eroded away very quickly? Cottrell built a very good relationship between the players, manager, and fans. Forest Green at home springs to mind. Have the imposed changes divided the club on and off the field? Ollie Westbury, go. Uh, that's a good. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that it has to a degree. Maybe not yeah. on it. Maybe not on it, but certainly. No, I don't think. Yeah, the, I don't think the club are. I mean. It's a results business. Yeah. You know, it's a results business. If if Steve was still here, yeah, if Steve was still here and we were playing the way that we were playing, we hadn't scored a goal, we'd scored one goal in about seven games, then the, the it'd be no different. It's results. It's results business, you know. If we'd have play, if we'd have played the way that we'd have played, I mean, we we beat we beat we beat Fleetwood just and it's been yeah it's been it's been it's been a struggle hasn't it but if it had been like that through you know if steve was in charge this season i don't see how why it would have been any yeah. different you know it's it's a, it's a difficult one i i, I don't I, you know if Shrewsby go and win the next three on the bounce well, where will we be then? Will we just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Shrewsbury are doing all right, aren't they? I think and, all and that's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. very much a case of it's all results based, isn't it? And, f- and that's the way sport is. That's the way football is. But I feel like it's, it, it, it's, it's, August was a decent month. They started with a decent points tally and they were looking up the, re- up the league closer to the top than they were the bottom. Now, September has been a, a pretty bad month in terms of results, in terms of performances, in terms of chances created. It's not been a good month, but it's still early days. They are a new group. I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses up for them because at the end of the day, it's not been good enough. It's just yeah. not. It's clearly not. Clearly what not he's good asked enough. in that question, you know, it kind of all, kind of all links a little bit. Have you know? It has the. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the on-field stuff. I'll say the off-field stuff out of it because the off-field, you know, relates to the fans. Yeah, the fans are screwing because of the sort of lack of communication with around why. What happened in the summer exactly happened, but and per, have the imposed changes divided the club on the pitch? I don't think they have, but the sort of you could argue what's going on, on the pitch is a you know as a as a direct correlation to what happened in the summer. Not in terms of the lateness of you know, not in terms of the pre Matt Taylor stuff, but you know Matt Taylor didn't come until quite later on. You know, towards the end of the summer break, the Mickey Moore stuff, then, you know, such a high turnover of players, you know, probably a smaller pre-season than, than other managers maybe have in terms of that preparation time, sorting things out off the field. You know, that could be the reason why it's taken more time to get going. Um, but I wouldn't say div- it's not divided, I wouldn't think. You know, just that's from judging. You know, I had a very good chat with Dan Udo at the training ground the other day when I interviewed him. I'm sure the quotes will come out at some point, you know, it, when he talked about you know the respect he's got for Steve Cottrell, but as professional footballers, what happens happens. We can't we can't pay any t- attention to it. You know, from what he said, and he's quite a sincere bloke, Dan. And he's a lovely chap. Yeah, isn't he, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I will it's say, very hard not to like. He's got a fantastic memory as well. Do you remember who I was? And I haven't. I probably haven't interviewed him for about five years since I was doing Salford. Um, 
But he, <laughs> from, I could just gather from what he was saying that he meant it. He spoke very highly about Matt Taylor and his coaching staff and what they're trying to do and basically said, you know, we're not far away. It will click. It will drop. Um, so I don't think there's any division in the in there. I'm sure there are players that enjoy playing for Steve Cox, but I wouldn't say division. Um, well, they've, got to, they've got to keep believing, haven't they? The players have I, got to keep believing. It's it's good that they it's good that they yeah. do. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say as well. She's not. It's a personal opinion. I think potentially there might be sections of the fan base who um, praise Steve Cottrell more now he's not Shrews manager than when he was. Yeah, now, yeah. I'd he did agree a, with that as well. Yeah. He, did, he did a he did a very good job, Steve Cottrell. You can't argue with that. You know the position they got into, regardless of what you know all how it ended, um, which was you know very not great circumstances but he did a good job you know he got them to where he did in the table but I can remember at times last season when we were getting a lot of questions you know not happy with the way Cottrell was playing I remember going to, I've been to the Meadow you know quite a few times over recent years where they're on not a bad run of form but they've played badly and there was like a smattering of boos from the crowd and yeah I, I, reckon, one, I reckon there was two or three times last yeah. season where where they were booed yeah and I booed think off. I think Steve Cottrell, whether he referenced it on the record or off record, I can't remember, but I think he might have said it in an interview. But, you know, there were sections of the fan base that weren't massive fans of Steve Cottrell. Uh, and this is not taking anything away from the job that he did, but I just think, you know, I, I, whether it's unfair to measure Matt Taylor so early against that yardstick, I don't know. That You know, I, I'm not sure about that. I'll, I'll sit on the fence on that one, but... I think, yeah, certainly there is a section of the fan base that, you know, Steve Cottrell, they're, they're, they're more positive about Steve Cottrell now. He's not the huge manager than when, when, he, when he was, to be honest. Well, I said, I said that to you last week, didn't I, that, yeah. I, that I, I had a chat with, with, with Steve. I speak to Steve, spoke to him very recently, actually. And, and you know, he's, he's, he, he has, he said to me before that he's never as bad as people say that he is when they lose and he's never as good as people say that he is when they win. He's kind of, he says like the extremes are just, Mm. you know, they're just, they're just poles apart. But I think, yeah, I I do. I do agree. I think it's like the grass. It's like, it's like with the Jordan Shipley thing. It's like, it's like everything. You're a better player when you're not in the team. I find that about loads of, loads of, there's loads of instances where that is the case. You're a better yeah. player when you're not actually playing because you're not actually there when the team's struggling to be criticised. And I don't blame Shipley for that because it's not it's not Jordan's fault in any way, shape, or form. But but I do think that 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 is often the case in in sport in general. You think, oh yeah, he's a, he yeah, what a difference he'd make if he was if if he was there. But and and that and that is genuinely the case. Whereas you know, probably at times last year we weren't going, oh Jordan Shipley, what a player he is, absolutely brilliant, essential to this Shrewsbury Town team. But actually now he's not here. You're thinking, oh yeah, he, he really was quite important. Mm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Cheers for your question. Uh, Mike, good, quick, good questions. They were good no, questions. Good, really good questions there. Um, finally, quick one, just to finish off. Must win Saturday? Question mark. Um, must not lose. Yeah. Charlton, tough game in it. Charlton, big team, big budget, lots of money. Struggling. Struggling, but big team, lots of money. Um. <laughs> I would say I'd take a score draw, 2-2 two, two draw. 
score draw. Yeah. I just think we need to possible. stop the rot. We need to stop the league rot, don't we? Yeah. Like, we, we need, we need. I mean, we, that that is one thing that we've not done. We've 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 not had the ability to. If we don't win, we don't draw either. We just lose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like win, yeah, it's win, win at, an extreme high yeah. or draw, and if you can't win, win or game, lose, if you can't don't win lose game, it. Don't lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Taylor actually said that himself uh, earlier on in the season. I think it was Stevenage when they were nil-nil at half-time and he was like, that was a game that we should have drawn. If we defended properly, we'd have got a draw. We played awfully, but if we'd have got a draw, then, you know, that's what we needed. And, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't, um, they haven't done that enough, you know, in games where they've been going to the last 20 minutes and they've been nil-nil. You know, they're, they're, they're examples where actually Shrewsbury need to be trying to go out there and, and get and get a point from those games, you know? Yeah. No, there you go. Let's see some goals. Will we be seeing you at the Meadow anytime soon, Johnny? Oh, soon. Soon. I'll be down. Don't you worry. I'll be down. Get me down midweek. Midweek. Always end up going to shoot. Shoes be end always ends up being my coldest game of the year. So I'll have yeah, to pick yeah, one yeah, that's, that's uh, when it's bitterly Mine's cold. Telford. Oh, yeah. Gets cold down there. We don't, let's not talk about them on this podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Cheers. All glad to hear that you're feeling better hopefully the Shrewsbury front line will be feeling better at quarter to five on Saturday after scoring a bucket load of goals and hopefully they'll have won but as all said hopefully they do not lose thank you as always for listening to the Shrews views and until next time goodbye <laughs>